Jerry Foster here, and welcome to the Brand Forward Leadership Podcast. I am the creator of the Big Brand Formula and president of Jerry Foster Branding, where we specialize in working with service-based entrepreneurs who want to create a big brand and a strong message that sells so you can excite, delight, and ignite your market and make it easier to get clients. So, Please stick around to the end of the show and we will share how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes or so. In the meantime, let's go. Hi, Jerry Foster here, the big branding guy, also known as a branding evangelist. Just want to welcome you to the Brand Ford Leadership Podcast. And oh my goodness, well, we got a rock star today. Mr. Adam Lyons, oh my goodness. Listen, in the space of showing folks how to scale a business and how to take it to the next plateau, this is the man. I'm just gonna let him introduce himself. I'm just, I'm just honored to have him on my show. Adam, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, thanks. Thank you so much, Jerry, for having me. It's, uh, it's really good to be here. Now, if you would, please give our listeners and our viewers a quick overview of exactly what your company does and what you do in particular. Yeah, so um, I actually, uh, I own about 12 different companies. I'm actually an investor. Uh, I do venture capital and I specialize in helping companies grow and scale, but I do it through a blueprint I developed called the Smart Blueprint, which helps companies um, basically become more profitable, get more revenue, uh, by following a, a smart blueprint structure that we developed. Because when you when you buy a company, one of the first things you want to do is get your money back. And <laughs> I, I found that rather than trusting, uh, you know, the, the people that I'm buying into or that I'm partnering with, it, it's just better if I'm like, look, this is the blueprint we're going to follow. We've done it a bunch of times. Um, in fact, since 2020, we've helped over 1,900 companies um, through various methods of the smart blueprint. Um, you know, grow, scale, survive. Obviously, it's been unique challenges we've had with the supply chain, uh, with COVID, with all these different things. And the Smart Blueprint is just one time and time again, uh, at least for us and for what we're doing. So, wow, wow, wow. So, what exactly do you do through the Blueprint? Are you helping entrepreneurs solve certain problems, produce certain outcomes? How does the whole Blueprint work? Well, first of all, you kind of have to look at like the, the thing that destroys businesses. So let's just start with in America alone, over 550,000 businesses a year closed down. And in fact, in 2020, it was closer to 600,000 or maybe just over. So that is a, a very large amount of businesses that fail. Um, in fact, only one in three American businesses survives longer than 10 years. So when you look at the numbers, I mean, literally the odds are against you. You've got a 66% chance of failing in the first 10 years. And of course, everyone believes they're not going to be the one that fails. <laughs> but if you're not following a, a proven method of some kind, um, you're going to fail. And actually, here's a, a fun fact for you. Whenever I stand on stage, I will, you know, I talk in front of thousands of business owners at a time. And I'll say to them, just raise your hand if you actually made a business plan before you started your business. And no one ever does. We all know we should, and yet so few people do. Without a business plan, how do you know what you're doing? How can you direct your employees and tell them what to do? Here's a fun fact. 42% of the companies that close down each year, so 42% of 600,000 companies in 2021 shut down because the products they were selling were not the thing that their audience actually wanted to buy. Oh, oh my goodness, my goodness. Most basic 
of uh, of marketing research that would have easily been identified in a simple business plan. And if you're, you know, I, I always tell people like, look, just just look at Black Friday. You should have customers banging on the door to buy your stuff. They, they should be literally desperate to buy things from you or, or to take your product. If you don't have that in your company, that should be a warning sign. You should say, wow, no one's chasing me to get my products. Um, you know, many of the times when, when we work with a, a new company or when we take over a company, we won't even build the website. We will just attempt to sell um, the product that we believe will sell based on what we call customer insight reports that we run internally in the company. So this is making, I mean, the last time we did this, we did, I think, $123,000 in sales in a weekend with no website, no actual product, just a concept of what the product would be, and just messaging past customers to see if we developed the thing that our customer insight report said that uh, the audience wanted, would they buy it? And we made 123,000 in sales in a weekend. That's incredible. That's incredible. And I totally believe in the whole thing called brand market and sell what people want to buy, not what you want to sell. And so <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. But I'm curious, so give us an idea of your typical client. Are they startups? Are they further along? Are they in the manufacturing industry, retail, service-based, and on and on? I think the fun thing about helping over 1900 companies is I have helped everything from Amazon, like uh, drop shipping stores to e-com stores. Um, I helped a, a survival pen brand. They had a survival pen. Um, I helped a company that does doggy vitamins, um, a Dungeons and Dragons retail store, um, uh, online fitness coaches, supplement companies, software companies. I helped an AI company that's actually pretty uh, pretty famous right now. Yeah, every, everything. I, I don't think I've seen a company turn up on my desk in the last, say, 18 months where I wasn't like, oh, yeah, I've done one like that before. <laughs> so literally a massive gambit. I've helped uh, construction. I had a guy that made spare parts for um, for. Uh, for like spaceships um so they were doing like a, a lot of the, the engines that were going into spacex um just just crazy different things and it comes down to the same thing time and time again you know are they following a system have they done the research they need to do the customer insight reports to see what people want to buy and you'll be shocked at how often you can just release extra revenue into your company with a, a few simple questions and taking the right kind of action that's incredible because with these companies, do you charge a fee or is it a percentage of the revenue that you generate? How do you, how do you work? Yeah, so I have three different models. I have the uh, do-it-yourself where you can just buy my blueprint. Um, it's really not expensive. It's like things like $2,000 and it comes like hundreds of hours of videos, literally breaking down everything you could ever need, but, but with a real focus on developing uh, upsells, cross-sells and the kind of products that are gonna really move the needle financially. Um, and then we have a done with you where we do a group training where you'll get all that training. But then also we give you mindset coaches because half the reason why people aren't make money is, you know, they don't believe in what they're doing or, you know, they've got hang ups or they believe it has to be done a certain way. Um, and so we just get them to realize it can be quicker. Uh, we give the marketing coaches who, who will go through and handhold them, make sure the surveys are in right there, the messaging is on point, branding, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then I, I meet with them as well. And I'm like, okay, let's really look at this strategically. What are we trying to achieve? How much extra revenue do you need? 
And then lastly, we do have a done for you service. You know, people can pay us 25 grand and we'll just come in, go into the company, send in a, a survey and we'll be like, okay, this is what your customers want. This is why they want it. But we also go further than that. We tell them which social media platforms they use, how they want to be spoken to. Do they want a discount? Do they want a bundle? How much should you be charging? And you'd be shocked how many people after we do our, our customer insight reports, like, man, I could be charging four times more than I am. I'm like, yep, the, the audience says it there. And it's like, you'll get 20% less sales, but make four times as much money per sale. So you absolutely have to increase your price. And so it, it's that kind of knowledge that, that makes a huge difference. And then what tends to happen is after a while, somebody will be like, you know what would be a lot better than just you know, either working with Adam's team or doing it ourselves or, or even getting Adam to do it for us would be if we partner together. Mm. And that's really what unlocks like, my, my major skill set, which is in mergers, acquisitions, selling and buying companies. That's where my other skill set unlocks that I, I don't really teach, but I absolutely do myself. Wow, wow, wow. I mean, you're, this, is this is amazing. So the do it yourself is 2000, do for you is 25 grand. The middle is the group coaching. How much is that? So it works out to be about 15,000 a year. Uh, we find it takes a year to work people through it. So again, it, it's really inexpensive in comparison to what somebody's getting because of all the, the coaches. But we find at that level, they could probably do it themselves for 2,000, right? The, the only reason we charge extra is to cover the cost of all the staff that we have to help facilitate it. And we do find that at that kind of level, it is more about, hey, you can do it. Hey, you know, that thing you're really stuck on, this is the answer. And, and you know, you'll, you'll push them through it. The, the done for you tends to be done for the companies that are, you know, in the, the tens of millions or hundreds of millions, where they would much rather just pay a flat fee of 25K and for you to just go in and be like, hey, this is the product you need to develop. Or, and we usually give them like two to three. We're like, look, this, this is probably where your next big revenue is going to come from. Gotcha, gotcha. I'm curious about your team in terms of these coaches that you use. Are you outsourcing to freelance coaches and consultants like me? <laughs> Is that, I mean, who, do, who are these people? It's a, it's a great question. Um, sometimes, yeah. Uh -huh. So, um, you know, every so often we'll just meet somebody who's exceptional and we'll just pull them to one side and be like, you know what, you're the kind of person that we want um, to be exposing our clients to. Like, you, we would love to work with you. Hmm. Um, there was one such person, he, uh, he, was, he just went through hell week to become a Navy SEAL and passed. Wow. And then on his way to receive, I suppose, the official certification he uh, got uh, hit by a hit and run uh, driver and uh, ended up having a coma for six months forgot how to talk forgot how to walk and he had to reteach himself everything and so he's just phenomenal at helping people break through imposter syndrome you know really overcome impossible challenges or, or things they think are impossible but actually aren't and uh, in fact, we were so inspired by him. We, we brought him on as a coach. And then I ended up actually buying a percentage of his company because I was like, you know what? You're just really good. And I, I think the world needs to know more about, about you and what you do. Good for you. God bless you for that. Now, I don't need to tell you this. There's a whole lot of so-called gurus out there, thought leaders, coaches, speakers, trainers, consultants, the whole nine yards, who's tell, who tell these companies, hey, we can show you how to have breakthroughs. We can show you how to get the success you never imagined. What do you feel really differentiates your company from the rest of the crowd? Yeah, I, I think we're not promising breakthroughs or anything. We're, what we do is we have a, a very simple system where we analyze somebody's audience and we uh, have a, a number of ways of 
of motivating the audience to get involved. And we only look at buyers. We, we, don't, we don't do like random data testing on lookalike audiences. We just talk directly to, uh, to a company's buyers. Uh, we do it in an incredibly friendly and fun way. The audience is usually really excited about taking part because you know these are your best buyers. They wanna support you, they wanna talk. And uh, you know we have a very open discussion with them where we identify who they are, um, the influences they listen to, the blogs they hang out on, um, what, what improvements they'd be making in the company. And we put a lot of time into designing the surveys that we send out and we customize them to each, uh, to each client, especially in the done for you service. And then all we do is we will send that out and then we will analyze that data and we show the full report of the analysis. Like here's, here's why we believe based on the answers you were given, this should be your price point, or this is why we believe that this is the product you should develop next. And then we have systems to test that product without developing it. Because um, I don't know if you're if you're into rapid prototyping. This was a concept that Google speaks about quite a lot. Uh, Google will often have a prototype within 24 hours of a concept, just something that they can test to see if it's even worth developing. Uh, they did that with Google Glass back in the day. It's actually a really good TED talk on it where they break it down. And so we're a big fan of that. We do like a rapid prototype just to to see if it's even worth developing it. And that's you know we'll get pre-sales sometimes. People are like, yep, I'll put money down on that if you guys will develop it. And so often we'll be you know saying to a company, by the way, you've got this much in sales to collect if you develop this. So you're working with product manufacturers, not just the service industries. It sounds like in terms of doing prototypes and things like that. Correct. Pretty much any company that uh, that sells business to business, business to consumer, it doesn't really matter. As long as you've already had some sales, because like, just look at the numbers. Most of your sales are going to be coming from past customers. And the biggest companies in the world understand this. Amazon pretty much relies on making sales from past customers. They're not going out there trying to find new customers. They're selling new products to old customers. Mm. Apple is the same. Every single year, Apple gets you to buy the new iPhone, the new iWatch, the new Mac. Yeah. They're selling new products to old customers. And there's really only two ways to make money. You either sell something new to older customers or something old to newer customers. Uh. It is easier and better and more profitable to sell something new to old customers and then take that increased revenue and put it towards finding new customers on your best products. Well and so many companies, especially those that are in the, the small business category, the, that are doing less than 38.5 million a year, uh, which is like that below enterprise level, that are not doing that. They have made one product that they probably haven't market tested and don't even know if it is the best product or a better way of thinking about it is maybe they've got a great product, but they're positioning it wrong. And they haven't tested it, so they don't know how good it is. And they're trying to get more traffic, more leads, more sales. The number one thing I hear from small businesses is, I need more customers, I need more leads, I need more sales. And I'm like, how about we refine what you've got, make more money from the people you already have to improve your profitability so you're not coming at this from a place of fear and need. And then let's take a portion of that new revenue we just released, use that for lead generation, on the things that you're already doing, and then build even more on the back end to increase even more uh, of your lifetime value of a customer. Oh my goodness. So everyone who's listening, you're, you're, you're hearing pure genius here. You need to be taking notes. You need to be listening to what Adam is sharing here. So give our, give our audience a little, if you don't mind, a little um, perspective on the typical 
size business that you're working with? It sounds like they're probably doing several million a year already, or help me out here. What, what's yeah. the- so on average, the companies that I'll typically work with are doing between one to three million a year. That tends to be the sweet spot. Okay. Um, I've definitely, I definitely have clients that are significantly higher than that. But I think the real sweet spot is the one to three million. There's a, a unique plateau that people get there. I, I like to think anybody can hit a million if you just grind, work hard, and maybe have a VA or two. Um, <laughs> you know, and that's 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 not that difficult to do um, if you take it seriously. But then it gets really difficult to scale up beyond there. And the key to scaling beyond there is you actually need more bang for your buck. Mm. And the thing that most businesses at that level are thinking of is how can I cut costs or how can I get more leads? What they should be thinking is how can I increase my profitability? How can I build revenue systems that increase my lifetime value of a customer so that I can be bolder knowing I've got that revenue coming in? And that's what we do. Now, when you look at that target audience, what bugs you the most in terms of what you see them perhaps wasting time and money on? They're not doing this, they're doing that instead. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I would say the the biggest mistakes they're making, like I said, is one, you can get to one to three million without really having an optimized product, Mm. but you need to get really clear on, on your product or service how you, uh, how you are providing that to the market and are you positioned correctly? You really want something that's got blue ocean in front of you. Uh, blue ocean being there's very few competitors and there's a high demand for it. Yeah. And sometimes that really takes thinking about it. So one of my clients was a, a fitness company and they had a physical gym. Uh, they, they actually were doing not a lot of money. We're talking about maybe, I think they did $87,000. I mean, this was a really low level client, uh, but they had some savings. So they, they hired us at a higher level and the gym was expensive. They had $50,000 in loans on the equipment. But when I analyzed their uh, customer insight report, we found the majority of the profit came from virtual coaching. Wow. So when we came back to them and we said, would you consider closing down the gym? to remove the overheads of the physical gym, to get rid of all the equipment, and instead just keep a couple of pieces and move specifically into virtual coaching. And um, they were like, "Uh, we're open to it, but you know, we're really scared. I was like, what of the massive overhead you're going to get rid of every month? That's, that's the fear. So they kind of laughed and went, no, okay, that makes sense. And I was like, do you know who your audience is? And they said, well, our audience is people that want to get in shape, people that want to get fit. And I was like, and where do you think you're finding them? And they're like, well, you know, we're finding them on, uh, you know, fitness blogs and, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to get into men's health and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, our customer insight report says that the majority of your clients are entrepreneurs. I was like, do you ever think about creating fitness specifically targeting entrepreneurs? Hmm. And suddenly they're like, wait, we'd never seen that. I was like, well, our customer insight report says, you know, something like 60% of your audience identify as an entrepreneur. And then there's a further amount that are either starting a small business or are freelancers, which really technically counts as a small business. I mean, we're looking at a large chunk of your audience are business owners, but small business owners Hmm. and small business owners. The biggest fear they have is time. So what if your fitness program wasn't focused on, I'm going to get you in shape, but the fitness program was actually, this is the quickest workout you'll ever do that will give you the maximum results. Mm. Because there aren't many entrepreneurs that are like, I really want a perfect body 
They just want to be optimal for their work. So this, this was the one that we did that, you know, it did over $100,000 in a weekend and it did more in one weekend than they did an entire year. <laughs> right. So, so I love that one because it was just such a, a classic, like, you know, a rags to riches story. It happened so quickly. But on the flip side, uh, we worked with a, a transportation company that's doing about 40 million a year and they did storage as well. And uh, they really just had one product, which is, you know, we'll store your stuff and we'll move it. That was kind of it. But there is such a demand for storage that almost all the storage facilities are full. And when the storage facility is full, there's no room for growth. So I proposed that we took 20% of the storage slots inside the, inside the company and we had a premium rate on those, huh. a rate that no one would want to just leave it there sitting there. But when you need it, you'll pay a premium for it. Okay. So those particular slots ended up renting for three to four times more than a regular storage slot. Now they were absolutely churning more often. So people were moving things in and out of them because they didn't want them there. But we suddenly had this stopgap for people that really needed storage at the time. It was four times more, pro three or four times more profitable depending on who the client was. And better yet, because it was churning to transportation company, it was charging every time it moved the product in and out which was another win because it was another product within the company that got sold. So that 20% ended up being the most profitable thing that they have in the entire company. Wow. 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 Cause you're more big picture. You, you just don't focus on marketing or branding or selling. You're looking at the overall picture. What's your background? Because you really sound like a business strategist, kind of a, this big, big picture guy. Am I right? Yeah. I'm a janitor. <laughs> uh, my background. Yeah, my, my dad was a janitor. Uh, his dad or my granddad was a janitor on, uh, on Navy ships. Uh, that's, our, that's our background. But, but the reality is um, I, I was a janitor, but I was also a tactical strategist for uh, board games, tabletop board games. There you go. Okay. So I was obsessed with analyzing military history and war is won by logistics, not by battlefield strategy so with my obsession of battlefield strategy and playing tabletop war games um it, as i got older i started i was literally sitting at my desk as a janitor but i was learning about business and i ended up hiring some business mentors um spent a lot of money had people take me under their wing and i saw all these connections between logistics and business and strategy and and making money and then before you know it you know i run 12 different companies myself and I'm consulting for other companies and suddenly everything became really easy. <laughs> uh, yeah. See, I, I could pick up on it. I knew there was something in your background. There you go. <laughs> Adam, what's the most outdated advice that a lot of these manufacturing companies and product resellers and retail merchants, and I won't even get into the food industry, restaurants and all of that, but what, what do you see out there that, that kind of concerns you a bit in terms of what a lot of these companies are doing today. Uh, so it, it's interesting. Everything moves so fast, but mm. even advice from six months ago is almost outdated. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of, I, I always tell people there's a difference between strategy and tactics. I, I, you know, I, I love what you said about a business strategist because that, that's what we do. The smart blueprint is the structure of the strategy that we employ. And I always tell somebody, you could drop me off in Roman times because obviously I'm a history buff and the smart blueprint would work. You know, I could, you could drop me off a, a little market stall that sells, I don't know, silks or what have you. And I would go in and I would survey their customers 
and I would do a little bit of market research on why they're buying the silks, what they want with it. Um, then I'd build an avatar of the perfect buyer, the one that they typically want to be selling more to. And then after that, we would do revenue predictions on what we should be charging, what we should be doing. And then we'd test it. And if it's right, we'd be like, okay, this is your route to make more money. And I have no doubt that the smart blueprint would work in Roman times, simply because it's a, it's a strategic concept that, that is just going to work. And it's, it's timeless. On the other hand, if I was a TikTok expert, if you took me into the Roman times and I start doing a weird TikTok dance, it's not going to help anyone. <laughs> so, and, and that's the difference between tactics and strategy. And I think one of the most outdated things is actually companies that have an old outdated strategy that they haven't updated um, by just looking at new technologies, for example, like what we do with the smart blueprint and yet lean into tactics. So they say, oh, you know what? We need to do TikTok or we need to get on Instagram. And one of the things I say is please don't do that until we run a customer insight report. Like don't make any tactical decision. That doesn't mean to say that tactics aren't great, but until you've done a customer insight report, you shouldn't do it. A good example was um, I was helping a, a massive real estate company. They're uh, one of the largest uh, retailers, uh, franchise uh, for, for realtors in America. And uh, they brought me in to you know, help them out, work out some positioning. And they put me in front of their top 5% of all realtors in the entire company. And uh, I said to them, how many of you are planning on, on doing a TikTok strategy over the next six months? And they all raised their hand. You know, we've got this idea, that idea. And I said, well, have you ever looked at the average age of a user on TikTok? And so I, I did a customer insight report on TikTok. And I showed them that the average user is 16 to 19 years old. And then I said, have you ever looked at the average age of a home buyer in America? And I showed them it was 41. And then I said, but if you looked at the average user on Facebook and the average age was 40 to 45. And so I said to them, I have no idea why you think TikTok's a great idea because <laughs> you're going to end up with a bunch of 19 year olds who think you're really smart about homes, which is going to be really useful in 21 years time. <laughs> Alternatively, if you focused on Facebook where all the home buyers are, you'd probably make a lot more money a lot faster and wouldn't have to do any weird dances. And to me, that's the power of customer insight reports. So when you do the uh, customer insight reports, the research, let's get back to that for a second. Yeah. Is this qualitative research with, um, you know, uh, doing those types of one-on-one -on -one interviews with people, uh, focus groups is what I'm looking for. Or are you doing quantitative, sending out surveys? I mean, how are you gathering that data? It's a great question. It's a combination of quantitative and qualitative. Okay. So we send out surveys and we try to do focus groups with buyers as well. Okay, you are doing focus groups. Yeah, so we combine the two just to get as much data as possible. And some of, the, some of the ways that we word things, we specifically try and word things in a way where the customers will tell us what they want to hear. So one of, our, one of my favorite questions, we have a, a whole bunch, but one of my favorite questions that we ask is, what most frustrates you in dealing with companies that provide this kind of service? Mm. That question is so powerful because if I need somebody, what don't you like about our company? They might be like, well, I don't want to upset you. So everything's great. But if instead I say what frustrates you about companies in this industry, I'm opening it up to, they might have critiques about my competitors or me, but the answer to that question lets me know, and because of the way we, we do the, the qualitative uh, reporting, we know what the most common frustration is in the industry. Mm. 
So we can now go back to our client and say to them, hey, this is the biggest frustration with your industry. Can you solve this? And that now allows us to, when we do the test launch of the product, to say, get this result without this common industry frustration. And suddenly your buyers are all over it. There you go. And that goes back to brand market and sell what people want to buy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which ties into getting rid of a problem for them and so on and so forth. What, what is your educational background, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, I barely graduated high school. Are you serious? Yep. <laughs> yep. I'm a janitor that barely graduated high school. This is... Um, <laughs> go ahead, finish, finish. No, that's it. There's, there's nothing more. Because this is so cool because I once read that the majority of very successful millionaire, multi-millionaire, billionaire entrepreneurs in America are not college grads because yeah. a college education has nothing to do with success as a, as a business owner. I, I agree with that 100%. Uh, my children are all homeschooled. I hire them. Uh, they have a private tutor that comes in and teaches them. But the best education they get is from me. I sit down with my kids and, and I educate them. I teach them how money works. Um, it's actually funny. I like listening to their classes. And there was one the other day. And it's like, you know, uh, so, something like little Timmy has $1,000. What's the right thing Timmy should do with it? And one, it was like, you know, go out and buy video games. The other one was um, save it in a bank. And then the last one was, um, you know, buy something really nice for, for mom and dad or something like that. Mm. And uh, of course, the official correct answer was put it in a bank. And I stopped it, pulled my kids to one side. And I said, that's completely inaccurate. I was like, the right choice here is to invest it. And I was like, and the other two choices are both totally valid. If you knew there were video games that were in high demand mm. and you had the ability to buy them and you could then sell them at a higher price, that would be a great choice. Um, alternatively, going to your mom and dad and asking them what is a great thing to invest in and maybe learning about the S&P 500 would be a much better choice for your $1,000 as it won't depreciate um, as inflation kicks in, which is what we're dealing with right now at the time of recording at least. And, uh, and you know, is much likely to do better. And even if there is a dip in the economy, um, the money's likely to ride it and pop out the other end significantly larger as the S&P 500 has historically done. And, uh, you know, that's how I talked to my five-year-old. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe too much. I don't know. I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> I think it's, I think sage, S-A-G-E is a word that comes up for me about that kind of advice. You are wise, my friend, very wise. <laughs> and you have a lot of depth to you. Now, if people want to learn more about the blueprint, what it consists of, the modules and all of that, is that on your website? Yeah, so um, they, they can absolutely go to the smartsblueprints.com. Um, you know, some people just want to connect with me on Instagram, uh, and I'm at Adam G. Lyons. That's like the real me. Um, and then we have a podcast as well. Uh, our podcast is Smart Businesses Do This. And, um, and that's where, you know, we talk to a number of different experts and we ask them, you know, what are smart businesses doing? Um, and actually, we'd love to have you on the podcast at some point if you're interested. Oh, my God. I'd be honored to be on your podcast. So you can, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> So if someone who is watching or listening to this is saying, I love this guy. Oh my goodness. I want to connect with him. Should it be through this to go back to the, to that question? Should it be through social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever, or contact Inst you through the website? Yeah. Instagram's great. Um, just at Adam G Lyons, if you want to talk to the real me, um, but there's so much free resources that we have on the smart blueprint. Uh, we do, uh, we'll actually analyze your website for you. 
um, we can go in and just see if we can see any like easy opportunities where maybe your positioning's off um, and uh, that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, we do that for free. So just go okay, to that's on you, and learn about that on your website. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, listen, my friend, I could go on and on and on and on and on. <laughs> I mean, you are inspiring. And so for everyone who is checking out this interview, you must connect with this guy because what he is, what he is basically sharing with you is how to crack the code, what you need to do in order to have your business go in the direction you want it to go with some velocity. So Adam, thank you so much for your time. Is there anything else you want our, our listeners or viewers to know? No, I think uh, it, the, the only final thing is I, I did a demonstration on just how powerful the smart blueprint is. Mm -hmm. And uh, we um, we raised some funds for orphans in Ukraine uh, oh. when, when Russia first invaded. And we just used the smart blueprint. We did it for 10 days just to see what would happen. Uh, we raised $519,000 on GoFundMe. And we did it publicly and we did it on GoFundMe, A, so we could help, but B, so we could show the power of just what could happen with the smart blueprint. Now, we're not a charity. Um, we had no uh, audience specifically for that. We had to do that completely cold. And, uh, you know, we partnered with a charity out in Ukraine to make sure they received all the funding. And, uh, yeah, it's a powerful tool if used correctly. Oh, my goodness. Well, listen, God bless you, my friend, for who you are and what you are doing in the world and for that as well. That's very good. Very good. Yeah, you are. You are. Uh, you're a gem. <laughs> Appreciate it. Just a just a humble janitor. <laughs> The humble janitor. Cleaning up businesses. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen, thanks again. And to our audience out there, thank you for being here. And so until the next time, this is Jerry Foster, the big branding guy, also known as known as the Brandon Evangelist. Take care. Jerry Foster here. Thank you so much for listening to my Brand Forward Leadership Podcast. Now, if you, if you are a successful service-based entrepreneur yourself and you've got amazing expertise. I mean services, skills, talents, and abilities that you offer through your company or yourself and you've been in business for five, 10 years or more and you would like to be a guest on this program. I would love to have you. Simply visit jerryfosterbranding.com forward slash brand forward leadership forward slash apply and I will certainly check you out and get to know you and so on and so forth. Now, let me just add a couple of other things. Number one, if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media for me? And if so, just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your socials, okay? And number two, if you know someone that you feel would be a great guest, someone that I should meet and connect with and so on and so forth, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag brand leadership because i love seeing your posts i love guest suggestions that's how we all grow that's how we all connect and make it through this world which are through our relationships and our connections and lastly let me throw this in we are regularly putting out new episodes and content i'm always on the lookout for not only great guests but great content and so therefore, because we're always putting great new stuff out, juicy stuff, make sure you don't miss any episodes in the future. So please go ahead and subscribe. And I also love what I love 
support. I love love. <laughs> so your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. So if you can find it in your heart to go ahead and show me that kind of support and love, I would really appreciate it. And on a second note, if you would like to know more about me, the work that I do, simply go to my website at jerryfosterbranding.com or follow me on LinkedIn or Facebook at Jerry Foster Branding or Instagram at Jerry Foster Big Brand Man. Okay? Jerry Foster Big Brand Man. Again, thanks for listening. Until we see you the next time, take care.